books and I love my Bible. And so I am excited about sharing the good news with you guys tonight and sharing from the Bible. But first of all, I have to share with you, I kind of like object lessons and I like show and tell. So that's what is in my bag. So I have a best friend and I think we can bring that picture up. I have a best friend and every year for my birthday, she gets me a purse, okay? Every year for a long time, she's been getting me purses. Now, if you're a girl, you like a purse. So one year she got me this pretty purse. You know, oh, there she is. There's my best friend, that's Suzanne, and my name is Suzanne. So we're the Suzannes together, best friends. That gets me a purse every year. So I get a pretty purse there. And I got a, a pretty purse here, except this one her husband picked out. It wasn't really my favorite. So she knows me, he doesn't. He's like, yeah, that one's cute. Okay, look at this one's cute, you know. Woo, nice little purse. Who doesn't like to get a little purse? A girl needs a purse to carry her stuff in, right? Okay, but then we got this one. Let's see, a Lulu, a Lulu purse. We got a coach purse up here somewhere. Oh yeah, coach. Who doesn't like a little coach bag? Okay. And then she gets fancy. Okay. Now I'm telling you what, you carry that out in public and you get some conversations. Now I'll tell you the funniest story about this purse is I was coming out of a grocery store Okay, and I got my purse on my arm and I'm rocking out to my car. And coming across the parking lot is this biker dude. Like he's, he's decked out, like leather, just got off his motorcycle. He's walking towards me and he gets closer to me and as he passes me, he goes, nice purse. So that's it right there. Yes, but it gets better. Because she knows me. I love this. You know, you kind of want to pet that. But she knows I like chickens. So who has a chicken purse, huh? It's even got like a rubber. It's like a little rubber on the outside, you know? So this has nothing to do with my message tonight except this. I know every year come my birthday, which is April 24th, if you guys just wanted to know. April 24th, I know that for my birthday, my best friend is gonna get me a purse. And I can expect that and I can look forward to that. And I kinda compare that to life with God. Because I've been walking with God long enough, I can expect something good from Him. And I can expect things, except with God, I don't have to wait for my birthday. And I don't have to wait just for once a year. Because God says every morning his mercies are new. Every day you wake up, there are gifts from our Heavenly Father for you. I don't know about you, but have you watched the sunsets lately? Are they not just like, you just have to stop, like whatever you're doing and go, ah, oh, look at that sunset. That, my friend, 
is a gift from our Heavenly Father every night that He can give you. And that's what I love about our Heavenly Father is that He continually gives us gifts. And the way that we know Him is through His Word. And I love my Bible right here. This is it, oh my goodness. The Bible, the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. This is not just a book that you read from cover cover. This is not a book on how to be a better person. This is God's voice speaking to us. And so if you wanna know him, you wanna get into the word. It is the most beautiful love story you will ever experience. And it is amazing. And it is filled with gifts every single day. So in this book, this great big giant book, there's one little tiny book and that's where we're gonna dive into tonight, and it's the book of Ruth, okay? So if you have your Bibles, you can turn in your book of Ruth. And this is what I wanna say tonight. God is our reward. God is our refuge, and God is our redeemer. God is our reward, God is our refuge, and God is our redeemer. So turn with me into the book of Ruth, and we're going to dive in, and I'm going to tell you this story. What I've titled it is, A Truly Beautiful Love Story. Who doesn't love a love story? Don't you love a love story? Yes, see, men and women alike, we love love stories, don't you? Yes, yes, we do. We like it. We like it when the boy sees the girl and the girl sees the boy, and yes, we do. We like it. It's kind of cool. Well, let me tell you, God's Word is filled with stories. And I want to tell you, they're not just warm and fuzzy, good fairy tales that happened a long time ago. They're not like the books that you were read as a little kid, Ferdinand and the little critter. Let me tell you something. God's word is the truth, and the stories that are in the Bible have purpose and meaning, and they are relevant today. They are true stories about real people, and that's what I love about it. It's because it's the most common people that were put into the word of God to show us that God uses us common people in his beautiful love story. So here we go, the book of Ruth, it's right after Judges. And it's only four chapters, four little chapters. But here's the story. I wish I had a big dry erase board to draw and color and do things, you know? Here's the story, okay. So a man meets and marries a woman, okay? They have two boys. They live in a town that a famine comes along. There's no more food. So let me tell you, what happens when you don't have no food? You gotta relocate, right? If there's no work here and you can't feed your family anymore, well, it's time to move. That's exactly what happened in this story. He and his wife, Naomi, moved. And they moved over to Moab, where there was food. 
And so they had their sons there. And when the, they got over here to the new land, his name was Elimelech. Emelech. Good luck saying that one. Elimelech. 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 Elimelech and Naomi moved to a new land. Well, Elimelech passes away. And now Naomi is left there in this town with her two sons. Well, her two sons, let me tell you their names, because I'm sure they're fun too. Malon, Malon, and Chilion. Okay? Well, they met two women, and they got married. One of them married a lady by the name of Ruth, and one of them married a name a lady named Orpah. You like that name? Orpah. Okay? So we've got these two boys that are married. Their father has died. They're living there with their mom, and now they have their wives. But guess what? The two sons passed away. They died. They died. So Naomi has now lost. Her husband has passed away. And both of her sons have died. She's not in a good place. She's grieving. She's upset. She's mad at God, I'm sure. Heartbroken. And so she looks at her two daughter-in-laws, and she says, Ruth, Ruth and Orpah, go back. Go back to your people. Go home. I am just destined to die. And back then, back then you have to know the importance of this woman's situation. Back then, women were not created or they were not seen as equal. A woman back then had to be under the, the protection and the covering of a man. That's just how it was. And so to survive... They needed to be married. They needed to be with a man or have their sons. And this woman, Naomi, has nothing now. And now she's got these two daughter-in-laws. So she says, go. Just go back. Well, Orpah decides, yes, I'm going to go back to my people. But in the Bible, it says that Ruth clung to Naomi, clung to her. And this is what she said to her mother-in-law. And it's in Ruth chapter 1, verse 16. It says, But Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. And wherever you lodge, I will lodge. Your people shall be my people and your God, my God. Where you die, I will die. And there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me and more also. If anything but death parts you and me. I love that. The loyalty that Ruth showed to her mother-in-law. She clung to her and said, Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. And so off they go. And they leave Moab and they go back to Bethlehem where they had left a long time ago. And they go back, and of course, when they get back into the town, everybody's excited. Is that, who is that Naomi? Oh my goodness, we haven't seen her in years. And she's like, I am not in a good place. I've 
just everything. I've lost everything, you know? And so Ruth and Naomi are now back in Bethlehem. And Naomi's having a very hard time. But she tells Ruth, Ruth, we have a relative. And his name is Boaz. And what I want you to do is I want you to go to the field and I want you to pick up the leftover barley. So when they would harvest the field, the harvesters, the reapers would come through and pick up. But throughout the day, they would drop some of it. And so that's what Ruth was going to do. Go to the field and pick up the leftovers. And that's what she did. So she listened to her mother-in-law, and she went to those fields, and she started picking up the leftovers. But the way I see it is the boy saw the girl. So Boaz looks out in the field, and he's like, who is that? Hmm, there's somebody picking up some barley out in my field that I think is really cute. And nothing is by accident, by the way. I just want you to know that. I hope that you know that in this life. Things don't happen by accident. They do not happen by accident. So anyways, so she's out in the field, okay, and she's picking up, and Boaz has taken notice of her. And somebody, he asks one of the servants, so who is this girl out there that I have my eye on? And they said, oh, that is, that's Ruth. That's Naomi's daughter-in-law. And she's just here to provide for Naomi. And Boaz, I think, knew how good Ruth was to Naomi. And so this is what Boaz says to Ruth. And if you'll read with me, we're in Ruth chapter 2, verse 8. It says, then Boaz said to Ruth, you will listen, my daughter, will you not? Do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here, but stay close by my young women. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap, and go after them. Have I not commanded the young men not to touch you? And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels, and drink from what the young men have drawn. So she fell on her face, bowed down to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your eyes? that you should take notice of me, since I am a foreigner. And Boaz answered and said to her, It has been fully reported to me all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, and how you have left your father and your mother and the land of your birth, and you've come to a people whom you did not know before. The Lord repay your work and a full reward be given you by the Lord God of Israel, under whose wings you have come for refuge. He gave her favor. He said, I don't want you to go to any other field. I don't want you to glean from anywhere else. I want you to just come to my field. And it says later on that he told the reapers, the harvesters, I want you to drop extra. Drop extra. Because that's how our Heavenly Father is. God is our reward. He doesn't just give us the leftovers. He gives us an extra. I want you to give them extra. They will be provided for. And I love this because it's under that protection, that wing that Boaz offered. 
I want you to have a place of refuge. That is how our Heavenly Father is too. God is our refuge. God is our reward. God is our refuge. God is our redeemer. That is who our God is. So it's after this that Naomi, her mother-in-law, realizes, okay, we have something special going on between Boaz and Ruth. So now it's time for the catch. You know what I mean? You just know. You'll know. You'll know when you meet that someone special. You'll just know. I don't know how you'll know, but you'll just know. You'll say, oh, yes, that's the one. That's the one. And that's this story, is that God had a beautiful marriage planned. So, but it's a little odd how it happens, okay? So, so Naomi tells Ruth. Now, Ruth, they're going to eat and they're drinking. They're going to have a good time. And he's going to go to sleep. And when he goes to sleep, he's going to cover himself up with a blanket. I want you to go to him in the night, and I want you to get under that blanket at his feet. Okay. Now, I know, I know that's not, not pretty common how we're going to get the guys today, right, girls? That's not the plan, is when they're sleeping to slip under the blanket by their feet. Well, that's exactly what the Bible, now this, I'm not making this up and this really happened. This is the truth of God's word, okay? It's a truly beautiful love story and it's kind of unbelievable. But anyways, that's where we're at, okay? So, so you have to, I'm going to read it straight out of the Bible because it really happened. So here we are, we're in Ruth chapter 3 and we're in verse 7. So if you want to follow along with me, if you don't even believe me, and after Boaz had eaten and drunk, and his heart was cheerful, he went to lie down at the end of the heap of grain, and she came softly. She uncovered his feet, and she laid down. Okay. Now, it happened at midnight that the man was startled. <laughs> Wouldn't you be startled? There's some chick at my feet. <laughs> you know? So he's like, now it happened at midnight that the man was startled and turned himself, and there a woman was lying at his feet. <laughs> okay. And he said, who are you? <laughs> who are you? What are you doing? Have you ever woke up like out of a dead asleep? Like just something happens or, you know, the fire alarm accidentally goes off in the house and you're kind of like, you know, disoriented is would be the good word. You know what I mean? Like, who am I? Where am I at? What am I doing? Okay. I can just imagine Boaz, he's sleeping away. He's, his belly's full and he wakes up. Who are you? Who are you? <laughs> so she answered, I am Ruth, your maidservant. Take your maidservant under your wing, for you are a close relative. And then he said, Blessed are you of the Lord, my daughter, for you have shown more kindness at the end than at the beginning, in that you did not go after young men, whether poor or rich. And now, my daughter, do not fear. I will do for you all that you request. For all the people of my town know that you are a virtuous woman. He, 
she basically said, Boaz, will you marry me? Like she proposed to him. I love the way Pastor Mike said that on Sunday. Like she straight up said, here I am. Will you please take me as your wife? That's what that was all about. It was like a proposal. Very odd proposal, might you say. You know, let's wake the guy up at night by laying at his feet. But that's what happened. And Boaz, I believe, loved Ruth. And I believe that Ruth loved Boaz. And so back then, you know, legalities had to be done. Some land had to be exchanged and money and all this kind of stuff to make it all legal. The same thing today. If you want to get married, you got to do some legal things. You got to have an ordained minister. You got to go down to the courthouse. You got to get a license. You got to do some legal things to make this transaction, this thing happen, this marriage happen. And believe me, when you do it right, Oh, man, it's a blessed, wonderful thing. Do it the right way. Get married. Do it legally. But that's what Ruth and Boaz did. They made sure everything was taken care of legally, and they got married, and then they had a baby. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that a truly beautiful love story? I love it. But wait, the best is yet to come. I always say the best is yet to come because with God, it's amazing. It's amazing. He's amazing. So we come to the part where it kind of comes back to Naomi, okay, because what a blessed woman she is. Remember, God is our reward. God is our refuge. God is our redeemer. And he redeemed everything back to Ruth and to Naomi that they lost. And so here we are. We're in Ruth chapter 4, verse 13. And it says, So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception, and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord, who has not left you this day without a close relative, and may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age for your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven son has borne him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and became a nurse to him. Also the neighbor women gave him a name saying, there is a son born to Naomi and they called his name Obed. His father is the father of Jesse, the father of David. Now this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez begot Hezron, Hezron begot Ram, Ram begot Amadab, Amadab begot Nashon, Nashon, Nashon begot Salmon, Salmon begot Boaz, and Boaz begot Obed, Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David. Now, I just read that, but that's the best is yet to come, because I think what you're not realizing is the begots. I call them the begots in the Bible because they're all throughout the Old Testament. They're all throughout the New Testament. You'll get to one chapter in your Bible and it'll be begot. So-and-so begot. So-and-so begot. So-and-so begot this person. That's what this is right here. But let me tell you, this lineage of people, the begots, 
led all the way down to the lineage of Jesus. So let's read that again. You want to read it again with me? Okay, here we go. Now here, this is the genealogy of Perez. Perez begot Hezron. Hezron begot Ram. And Ram begot Abadab. And Abadab begot Nashon. And Nashon begot Salmon. And Salmon begot Boaz. And Boaz begot Obed. And Obed begot Jesse. And Jesse begot David. You want to go on? You want more? You want more? Matthew. Matthew, turn with me to Matthew. I don't think I told him in my notes. But it goes on. It goes on and on and on. Begots, begots, begots. I love it. I love it. I love it. Don't skip over the begots in your Bible. You better read the begots. And then, and then we got, and then we got Salmon begot Boaz, but Bo, Rahab, Boaz begot Obed, but Ruth, Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. David the king begot Sam. Solomon, by her who had been the wife of Uriah, Solomon begot, oh, I can't even say all these names, Rehoboam, and Rehoboam begot Abijah, and Abijah begot Asa, and Asa begot Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat begot Joram, and Joram begot Uzziah, and Uzziah begot Jotham, and Jotham begot Ahaz, and Ahaz begot Hezekiah, and Hezekiah begot Manasseh, and Manasseh begot Ammon, and Ammon begot Josiah, and Josiah begot Jehoaniah and his brothers about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after that, they were brought out of Babylon, and Jehoan begot Shatil, and Shatil begot Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel begot Abud, and Abud Elikim, and Elikim begot Azar, and Azar begot Zodak, and Zodak begot Achim, and Achim begot Eliad, and Eliad begot Eleazar, and Eleazar begot Matin, and Matin begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, in whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. This is my point. This is my point. You were begot. You in this room were begot, and you have a story. A mom and a dad begot you. You fill in the blanks. Begot. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And let me tell you, this lineage that led all the way to Jesus, the Savior of the world, the Son of God, that lineage had people just like us. Rahab was a harlot. Do you know what a harlot is? That's a prostitute. She was a prostitute. That's in the lineage of Jesus. Then you have Ruth. Ruth was a Moabite. They didn't believe in the God of heaven. But when she came under this lineage, she began to believe in God Almighty. God uses ordinary people from ordinary lives, actually from pretty messed up lives. So if you're messed up in here, raise your hand. I'm in the right room and I'm talking to the right people. And so, so you were begot. So you were begot by a mom and a dad. And you know what? I don't know about your mom and your dad. Your mom and dad might not be good. They might have hurt you. They might have abandoned you. I don't know. But let me tell you something. 
Where you came from does not define who you are. And God has a destination and a truly beautiful love story for your life. And I believe that. I believe that because I know it in my own life. Jesus loves you. And no matter where you're at, he has a calling and a purpose for your life. And you know what? He loves you. He loves you. He loves you more than you can even imagine. And for that, for that love, that is what my, that's what puts me on my knees. So when you see me and I'm praising the Lord like this, it's because I know how much he loves me. I know what he did for me. I know that he was willing to die for me. And so he shows us right here in this story, all those begots, <laughs> that he uses people like us. He uses people like us for his love story. And all, it's so simple. We have the hope of the world and it's so simple. It says, all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord to be saved. All you have to do, that's it. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe that you're the son of God. I believe that you died on the cross for me. That's it. That's it. It's so simple, but it's so beautiful. And so that's kind of where I'm going to wrap it up. God is our reward. God is our refuge. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is like those wings. You can climb right under those wings of that refuge. He is safety. He is peace. He is love. He is everlasting. That is who my God is. God is my reward. God is my refuge. And God is my redeemer. And so let's just bow our heads and close our eyes and pray. And then we're going to go into a time of worship. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for who you are. I thank you, Father God, for the beautiful love story of Ruth and Boaz, the loyalty that Ruth showed to her mother-in-law, Naomi. I thank you, Father God, that you give us gifts and rewards. I thank you for every single person in this room. I thank you for who they are. I thank you for the future that you have for them, the destiny that you're going to call them to, and how it's going to be used for your glory in your beautiful love story. You really are amazing, and I know that about you. I pray, God, that if anybody in this room is broken or hurting or needs a touch from you, God Almighty, that they are touched by you in a very real place, in a real way tonight. And we just take this time to just lift up our voices and to worship you because we love you. And I thank you for your word. I thank you for what it means in our life. In Jesus' name, amen.